Bog cotton. Being on a bog in summertime can be quite special. Quietness envelops, bar the singing of a skylark pouring down from high overhead. The sensation of being in such a wide open space is an uncommon experience in Irish landscapes. Clouds overhead cushion the softness of the scene. The distant clouds floating above the horizon open the vista even further. Clouds overhead cushion the softness of the scene and distant clouds floating above the horizon open the vista even further. The brightness of the day is rarely dimmed no matter the weather. Intermittent pools of bog water lie still, reflecting the blue and white, echoing the overhanging heathers and the fluttering wings of a micro-moth. Sky, land, water, all are both above and below, all seemingly somewhat suspended. Long ago, back in the Bronze Age, and perhaps long before that, people thought of bogs as sacred places. At that time, most of Ireland was covered in woodlands, so such open expanses of land and sky were a special sight. The way that bogs are neither land nor water, but something in between, inaccessible and unknowable, gives an air of otherworldliness. And always being at the edge of a territory, a liminal space contributes to their mystery too. So back then, people figured that bogs were where the boundary between this world and the other world was at its thinnest. Objects or beings could pass from this world to there or from the other world into this one. Bogs were thought to be the points of access to the other world in a similar way to the holy wells. Nowadays, our attitude to bogs is far more utilitarian. Harvested for fuel, dug up with sausage machines, eviscerated of life. Now, thankfully more and more, bogs are being re-wetted with both climate and biodiversity in mind. And most of us still enjoy the sense of space when visiting a bog, where it feels like we can still leave the world behind. Whether on a lowland raised bog or a blanket bog on higher ground, there is still a merger between sky and water, a quiet sense of being suspended in time and place. Frogs are right at home here, amphibious, alighting from soggy hummocks of pink and green sphagnum moss, sensitive to the thundering of our oncoming footsteps. In summertime, delicate micromoths fly about through tufts of heather, searching for nectar to sustain their momentum. An occasional hare bounds off from the foreground, alarmed at the intrusion. The mass of waterlogged mossy peat reverberates with each step we take, a reminder that a real bog is neither land nor water. Colourful dragonflies who need wet pools for their larval stage zip their way about on powerful wings through soft, fluffy tufts of cotton grass. Bog cotton, otherwise known as common cotton grass, is one of the most recognisable plants of peat bogs. In April and May, the small, indistinct, browny, grey flowers appear, and once fertilised by pollen carried on the wind, the fluffy white seed heads develop. 
bog cotton is not related to cotton, nor can it be easily spun into usable fibre. To weave the bog cotton is an ironic reference to attempting something futile. Its fibres become far too brittle when dry, too tricky to spin into any length, as they simply fall apart. The fluffy fibres were reportedly used instead as fluff to stuff into pillows or matted to make the insoles of shoes. Four different types of bog cotton are native to Ireland. The most widespread and familiar one is also the biggest and fluffiest of the four species. Its botanical name is common cotton grass, although it's no more a grass than it is cotton. Bog cotton is a sedge, and its correct scientific name is Eriophorum angustifolium. The beautiful tufts of silk and white fluff that dance across the bog in summer are made up of tiny hairs attached to tiny seeds, a clever mechanism the plant has developed to carry its seeds far off. Bog cotton is a pioneering plant, and every pioneering plant needs a way to travel far, to colonize new ground. For bog cotton thrives undisturbed, cutaway or eroded peat. It is not a sign of a healthy wet bog, especially where it grows abundantly. Bog cotton is often the first to arrive on the scene when peat has been scraped away, drained or burnt, and dry, bare surfaces are left to the elements, like open wounds. But as a pioneering plant, bog cotton can help slow the movement of water and trap peaty particles in place, which in turn paves the way for other plants to settle in and slowly helps the bog to recover. But the best scenario, ecologically speaking, would be for people to come along and repair the wounds that have been made, undo the damage perpetrated. From the ancient past, when bogs were seen as sacred, to the recent past, when bogs were nearly all mined away in a generation. We have the benefit now of knowing that we too can be pioneering, that this time round we might get things right by restoring, repairing and keeping the liminal spaces where land meets water always nice and wet. <laughs>